Welcome to Work, Rest, Slay, the podcast for the Image Business Club, where we chat with the most interesting business leaders, founders and entrepreneurs in the hope that we can learn from and through their experiences. My name is Melanie Morris and I'm Contributing Editor at Image Media. This is a brand new season of Work, Rest, Slay and I have to say, looking ahead, it's a great one. We've spent a lot of time and energy in securing the very best guests from Ireland, along with key players on the international business scene, and we're really excited about the lineup. Our first guest today is really too young to be called a Renaissance woman. I'd say she's only a fraction through what's an astonishing career. But when you look at the varied roll call of achievements Pip O'Connor has already tucked under her belt, that's actually exactly what she is, a Renaissance woman. The breadth of her success is phenomenal as it stretches beyond fashion and beauty into various broader lifestyle areas, from digital and media into branding and retail. I'm sure when Pippa started off as a model, she didn't think she was going to be hosting huge, huge, huge events in hotels or, you know, managing a multi, multi faceted fashion and beauty business. Working side by side with husband Brian Ormond, the pair work hard making it look so, so easy, but that will be Instagram for you, as we know. As she tells us herself, there's plenty more to the story. Today's conversation covers as much about Pippa's career journey as we can get through, touching on everything from what sort of strategy she and Brian really had in mind from the beginning, through to the surprise wins and then the lurking challenges they encountered along the way. And of course, of course, lots about Poco Beauty, Pippa's latest venture, which actually, from what I've learned so far, strikes me as a long-term project that's going to roll faster and grow bigger and bigger with momentum. This season, we are delighted to welcome Range Rover as our podcast partners. Every Range Rover leads by example, with modernist design, connected refined interiors and electrified performance driving unrivaled luxury. So let's get going with today's conversation and hand the mic over to Pippa O'Connor. So Pippa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Melanie. Well, Love it. You're, you're making February start on the right foot. I hope so. Now, I have a searing confession, and this is a really honest confession because on my way here, I was yeah. thinking like, how many interviews have we done over the years? In <sighs> how many? How many places? Yes. And yet, it was about over Christmas that the meaning behind the brand name Poco you're joking. I know. I'm you, serious. You didn't tell me this. <laughs> You're not the only one, by okay, the way. Okay, that was my first. So for those who are as unenlightened, you are Pippa O'Connor Ormond. P-O-C-O. Yes. Like, duh. Yeah, well, when you hear it said like that, you're like, obviously. But I would, I understand that it mightn't have been that blaringly obvious if you hadn't thought about it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, bearing in mind that I was at the first Poco launch. Yes, true. In the gallery. Yeah. And that was 2016. 16. Yes. Right. Okay. You would have thought in the last eight years, the penny <laughs> would have dropped. You're just not thinking about me enough. <laughs> but there no other things going on. <laughs> but tell me, was was the name obvious to you when you started? Mm, no, it really wasn't. And I remember coming up with the concept and idea of Poco by Pippa, which started as a denim brand, ladies denim brand. We kept thinking of names. And I kept thinking of like, um, empowering female words and different languages and writing everything down and we had like 
50 names on a page and it just felt not just felt unnatural it just, nothing was kind of sitting with mm. me and I remember a few of us were sitting down one day and I was like we just need to bring it back to basics and we're we're trying to think too hard outside the box just need to be something simple and something that is me and relates to me and I, I can't quite remember how we hit it but can you remember who hit on it first? Do you know what? It was it was Jenny, uh, Jenny Taff, who knew who you knew, a good friend of mine who sadly passed away since. But I remember her saying something like, I think you should incorporate your name or your initials or, you know, Pippa O'Connor. And we're like, Pock, no. <laughs> um, and obviously my married name is Ormond. So it was like it was like a group kind of light bulb moment. Yeah. But she definitely planted the seed of the the initials being used in some capacity. It's well, She was an incredible marketeer. She, she really was. She and, definitely was. And when something makes sense, it's funny how there's just peace around something, isn't there? Yeah. And then, you know, you can go oh, on. Totally. It's like when someone says something in a, in a work scenario like that, you all just go, yeah. It was, and that was it. It was That's like it. done. End conversation. Brilliant. It just works. It just works so well, I think. Poco, it's four letters. It's easy to to read. It just it works in so many different categories. Like it's it suits it, and it stood the test of time. Uh, and I mean, in my introduction, I've referred to you as a Renaissance woman. And I mean, we all know what Renaissance men are. There don't seem to be that many Renaissance women. But you have done so much over the years, and I think you're only just getting going. That you know, you would sort of give Taylor Swift a run for her money with eras. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I'll take the comparison. Is it eras or eras? Yeah, but eras. <laughs> anyway, we we might go through some of your eras in in a way of trying to plot out because anyone listening to this, they may think they know everything about you, but actually, I've got the PhD in it. Okay, because I don't know if you can remember the first time we met. Oh, you're really putting me on the spot now, Melanie. Ooh. And I think you'll get it wrong. Was it at? No, it's too obvious to say it was at an image event. Yeah, no, 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 way back. So the first time we met was you in your model era <gasps> when you were judging, because you okay. were the homecoming queen, Miss Kildare. Oh, my God. In Time Nightclub in Nace. Stop it. Is yes. that the first time we met? That was the first time we met. And I my old haunting ground. And also mine. And the reason I remember that night is and luckily there's very little photographic evidence. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Small mercies. I had to sew our mutual friend Trina McCarthy into her dress that night. <laughs> that sounds like Trina. She's always up to something. Yeah. And you were both on the judging panel. I yes. was I was the ugly friend in the background, but wow. you were both judging. Yeah. But was that the first time I'd met? Trina as well. Wow. I need to. I need to think about all of yeah. this. But uh, wow! I, do you remember what year that was? Well, I just started in. Well, do you know how I remember that year? Because it was the era of the uh, Trina's dress was a beautiful temperly dress. So I would say two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Okay, there was that very little given it, so hence <laughs> why I needed a stitch. <laughs> oh, I but yeah, it. I think you're so. a good friend. By the way, we all need a friend that can sew us into a dress. <laughs> We've all been there. Well, I had a great night on the back of all of you having to work at it. <gasps> but obviously you started life as a model. Do you know where I actually started? I started as my brother, Kean's PA. Oh, right. Um, I was actually just talking to him on my way in here in the car. He's out in 
Wellington, Florida. He's there for the winter. He competes and trains out there. Show jumping. Show jumping. Yep. Yeah. So he's out in heat, working hard. Wow. Um, and I was actually his PA because I was at a time in my life where I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. I need to work. And I'd say to him, can I have a job? He's like, oh, go on then. And he was just starting his show jumping career and he needed a PA in his office. And he will still laugh and say, I was the worst PA known to man. We all have to start somewhere. I said, I'd be really good now. Um, my mind was obviously elsewhere. <laughs> I was what age? Maybe 19. And I was more concerned about what I was going to wear at the weekend rather than getting back to his emails and posting his important letters. <laughs> so um, I made a useless PA, but I still did that for a couple of years, thanks to my brother. And then I... I, God, we're on the street now. I went into assets. In Leeson Street, Leeson which is Street, where we are. Which yeah. is where we are. Which went, was a big modelling agency. Yes, it was the most kind of, I suppose, well-known modelling agency at the time. And we're in an era then of, there was a lot of models and there was loads of work. And it was just that time that it was kind of an exciting career to get into. Um, but it wasn't something that I kind of wanted to do. I wasn't, you know, the pretty girl with the best body I was always very much like oh no sure I couldn't do that in the state of me and you know I'm I'm from Kildare I'm from <laughs> the sticks um, so you know I wanted to be an actress I wanted to do something in fashion kind of creatively so the whole modelling thing was not something that I aspired to be by any means but kind of fancied a change, as I said, made a useless PA and I was kind of at a crossroads where I was like, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. So um, I was convinced by a friend at the time to go into one of the open days that assets were holding. And I remember walking in one sunny day and there was loads of girls there in front of me. And there's probably like, could have been like eight in front of me going down these stairs, you know, down to the stairs in Leeson Street. Yeah. And I remember being so intimidated going down there going, oh my God, they're probably going to look and just laugh at me. Um, but I met them and had a good chat and they said to me, you know, or, how available are you and all the usual questions. Um, and they were very nice and I left that day kind of thinking, oh, I probably won't hear from them. And I was on my way home driving back to Kildare and the phone rang and um, I got a call to say, are you available tomorrow in to be in I think it was Donnybrook at 9am wear white shorts and runners and a white vest and I was like okay oh God that's yeah. alright and I'm like oh God I want to lose a few pounds first <laughs> and I need to do my tan so that was literally that I, I fell into it and so I, I worked the next day and then I literally worked every day after that for a good solid I don't know well, for years. Five years. Yeah, yeah. No, completely. I kind of did it solidly, you know. Yeah. And I know you've told the story before, but um, it's, it's, it's such an interesting part of your story and such an interesting look on the way women are perceived in modelling mm. and in business. I mean, obviously you married Brian. Yeah. And you started working together. And what was the light bulb moment that you decided to move away from modelling? Um, I wasn't getting any jobs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted to book me. Um, I suppose, you, you know, things don't last forever and the whole modelling scene in Ireland, God, it lasted a long time and it opened great doors for me and it made, 
it made me really grow up and I suppose learn people skills. Yeah. I, I, you know, met so many people and I really made a good contact list and it, it brought me into the TV stations, the radio stations. I worked with every magazine, everyone. So it was a, an amazing learning place for me. And a great way to build contacts. Exactly. Mm. I met absolutely everyone mm. in those four or five years. So for that, I'm really grateful because that really kind of set me up for what was to come, yeah. I suppose. Um, and yeah, I was working with agencies, but I was my own, I was my own kind of boss. You know, you were, you were hustling all mm. the time to, to get work. So I suppose that was a great, um, it was a great experience for me. But you were one of the first people to transfer your skills from in front of the camera to behind a computer with mm. the blog. Yeah. Well, again, that happened because I kind of I kind of had to do that because I became pregnant with Ollie and there just wasn't very many, I suppose, maternity jobs. There's not so many jobs you can do as a model with mm. a big bump. I kind of did whatever was available. Yeah. But yeah. apart from that, there just wasn't enough work and I wasn't earning enough money. And I just began to panic, kind of going, shit, what am I going to do now for for money yeah. to pay the bills? So um, that was kind of Facebook era. Was Snapchat around then? Probably not. It was all just Facebook. The early days of. And was it your idea to do it or how did it evolve and who did you loop in and how did you know who to loop into the idea of a website and a blog? I had no idea about a website, um, but... He'll laugh now if he listens to this. He will. I'll tell him to listen to him. He's doing his exercise. My husband, Brian, um, he was the one that said to me, you, you really should build your own website because I was just putting everything up on Facebook. And he said, well, what if he couldn't kind of get his head around Facebook. And what if that goes down and you don't own that? And he's right. Would you not put your outfits? Because I was just putting my outfits up onto Facebook and yeah. telling people where I got them. And he said, would you not just get a website, something really simple and you can upload your pictures on there daily um, and I was like okay like no, no one had really done that like documenting their style on their own site mm. so I said I wouldn't have a clue where to start with that um, but he was working with uh, a mutual friend of ours his friend first Laura Woods because he worked with Laura Woods and RT for yeah. years and Laura was friends with um, Alan McGovern and Jenny Taff who are husband and wife and they had just started a marketing business and she said to Brian I have friends that can build a website for Pippa so again Leeson Street <laughs> memories I met Jenny and Alan one day in house on Leeson Street has had a had house opened um House had opened. Yeah, mm. it must have been. Was that our first meeting place? It was definitely one of them. Um, and yeah, I remember meeting Alan. And I sat down and I said, I just want something really simple because, um, sorry, I'd done a kind of a, one of these free, you know, one of these websites that you can just build yourself. Yes. It's very basic. Yes. And that's what it was. It kept um, crashing because there just wasn't enough. Whatever. Bandwidth. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't a proper site. So that's what prompted me to go and meet a proper marketing team who could do something for me that was a little bit more professional looking and something that would 
not crash every two seconds. So when you were launching Pippa.ie, the first iteration thereof, you yeah. know, with, with marketeers or whatever, did yourself and Brian have a strategy? Did you have a long-term view? Or was this literally just not really, to be honest? I'd be lying if I said I had a massive strategy. No, I didn't. Um, I suppose after a while I could really see the potential that I could build a business on doing advertising for businesses. So I would I would advertise, you know, Image Magazine could yeah. take an ad out and I wouldn't have to necessarily do anything. But because I had a lot of eyes there, I was making money in that kind of regard with yeah. just adverts. And then I was doing things like running competitions for businesses, um, wearing things for shops and posting that, uh, reviewing makeup for companies, wearing jewellery, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Anything that... Um, required me blogging about it and putting it up on my site. So slowly but surely business started coming along and as well as the, they'll call it influencer or marketing work that you were doing for other brands, you started developing your own brands. Yes. So how many years later was that? I always relate everything back to my kids' ages. Yeah. So uh, Louis is now, he's going to be eight. So it was 2016, the year he was born, that we launched Poco by Pippa. And in the meantime, you were also doing the fashion factories. Yeah, so the fashion factories were probably going maybe two years prior to that. Okay, so, so the chronologically, it was sort of modelling, mm, blogging, modeling, website. blogging, website, fashion factory. And the fashion factory happened because everyone that was connecting with on the connecting with me on the blog would say will you do like a one-on-one -on -one styling session and I just I had my first son and I was like that's very time consuming and have to get someone to mind him and I was doing everything from home and you know in in the evenings I mm. wasn't going anywhere I didn't have an office I was minding him at home so that didn't kind of make sense to me um but it was it was the, the people online that put that idea into my head but they were huge. They were huge. They were massive, yeah. And you used to do Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. Well, yeah, sometimes at the height of it, we would do, I remember doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. And did you do two in one day sometimes? Um, No, never did two always in one, one day. A day. It was always one a day. They were always like at the morning time. Um, And they'd, they'd last hours because I'd meet everyone then at the end and... We'd have like, uh, we started doing like which, where shops would come and. You'd have markets almost markets outside. Yeah. Outside. But so it was a big This was sell. making money. Yeah. So like the fashion factory was the only reason that we were able to fund the fashion business. Okay. So the fashion business didn't come about through loads of loans. No. And, and people would say to me, oh, you must have had help from family or. You must have gotten a big loan. Yeah. No help from family. No savings. No loans. Wouldn't have gotten a loan. Terrible uh, credit. Yeah. There was no way I wouldn't have gotten a loan for anything. Believe me. Um. So yeah, the fashion factories. We put a lump of money aside. It was fifty thousand euro. That's all we had, which was a lot, obviously, still, especially a lot when you have nothing. It's a lot, but to buy, to start a new business, it's, it's not. not. Like, yeah. Jesus, now, yeah. now in what I do, I'm like, that's nothing. God, pat on the back mm. for actually doing what we did, uh, building a website, buying stock, um, and getting it off the ground with 
only 50,000. Yeah, no, it was because obviously you to the merchandise would have been yeah. a huge part of that. Now, Absolutely. luckily, you could model for yourself and you could do things. You could yeah. do so much yourself. Well, I, I was I was pregnant when we were setting it up. And then uh, when we were like doing shoots, the kind of very first ones, I just had him like, yeah, yeah, that was that was a big headache as well, because I was trying to sell jeans. <laughs> I was just had a baby. It wasn't ideal. Good God. So, yeah, I was kind yeah. of trying to juggle it all. When you look back on it now, were you very naive to what was going on? Oh and was that a blessing? God, so naive. So naive in everything. How to build a website, how to run a website, the practicalities of that, the logistics of getting product made into the country, customs, taxes, just mm. everything. And no but idea. Yourself and Brian must have learned so much between you. So much from, from just doing. Yeah. Like and people ask me tips all the time and I'm like, Honest to God, you just have to do it. You just have to throw yourself in and do it. And it's through all the mistakes that you go, I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> or I will do or that I again. Will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I honestly think the, the biggest learnings that I have had has been through things that haven't worked or that we've effed up on. Really? Yes, definitely. So are there any that stick in your mind? Oh, they're so long. I think I have to keep most of them for the book. Okay. For the book. <laughs> what not to do and starting a business. Do you know, interestingly, well, what to do? And the first product I remember you bringing out mm. were the Pippa palettes. Oh, yes. The makeup palettes. And it was I, like before, before, before. I think, how, can you remember how many of them you sold? Because it was huge numbers, wasn't it? I remember you and I having a conversation about this before. And I, and I said a figure to you. And then that figure was ran with for years. I think I said to you 100,000. Um, and we definitely sold more after that. Like, I can remember hearing 250,000 somewhere along the lines. Something like that. It was that. huge. But was listen, I know yeah. because I bought five of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, people were repeat buying. I bet you you could find them on eBay now for some ridiculous price. Probably. I still have some for just, you know, nostalgia reasons. Like, But they kept. were brilliant. And I mean, everything that you put into that palette would still be relevant today. It was one of the best workhorse. I know. It's so funny. People palettes. would still say to me, I love that shade Lily or I love that shade Dodo. And I'm like, oh, the memories. It's amazing. But th that must have given you so much confidence to take the next step or that, to plow in the 50 that grand. really did. Because before then, it was all about me collaborating, 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 collaborating. And I was like, there's absolutely no way I would do anything on my own. It's too risky. It's too much money. You know, what would I know? So doing all of those kind of little things really made me kind of go, no, you can go mm -hmm. for it. And and then do you, do you remember Reward Style? Reward Style was this first big like affiliate link program where an American husband and wife set it up very clever that if you wear a pair of uh Jeans, Zara jeans, Zara jeans, yeah. or Zara actually never mm. signed up to reward diesel style. jeans, diesel, or if you wore a trench from Sandro, and you did an affiliate link, I could see exactly how many clicks, how many I sold, and you get like a small commission. Mm. It depends what the item was and how much it was, and you know you could get fifty cent from a lipstick, or you could have gotten three euro, three euro from an item mm. that was more expensive. So that then was really interesting because I got to see the analytics of that and exactly what my kind of what my conversions were. And that gave me great confidence to go, OK, 
people listen are listening to you, they're trusting your recommendations, you're well able, mm. you're able to sell. So to come to Poco and the launch that was in 2016, you launched with, I think if I remember, five five styles, five styles of yeah. jeans. Um, and you sold exclusively online. Which only sounds online. madness if you think of the head wreck that goes into jeans. It one. really does. And it, it's not to sound patronising at all, but if, if someone did say to me now, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to sell five dresses or five styles of jeans online, what do you think? I'd go... Oh Jesus, are you mad? Only because I've done it, and I, I, I remember how difficult it was. But yeah, anyone in the industry that we did ask at the time said, "Don't do that. You're absolutely mad." So how did you make it work? I think um, how we how we marketed it and explained it, I think, just worked. And there was only five styles. There wasn't too much choice. And the way we named them, the slimmer, the off duty, the Saturday night, the mom. People were like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. Mm. I want to feel slimmer. I wear them on a Saturday night going out with my blazer, my high heels. So it was just simple. I remember it being the Snapchat era. Yeah. And I'm I remember- sorry, I tried things on. I was all day long on Snapchat, trying on, showing, try on, show. So that was my shop window and you got the team who are different sizes to try on as well and I yeah. thought that was so clever you'd have somebody going I'm a 14 yeah I've got short legs this is what I like about it this is yeah. why it works we just I just explained it to the best of my ability all day long yeah. so was the idea to get as few not only two of sales but to get as few returns as possible yeah and uh, you know again people that had more um, experience in, in the industry than I would would say you're going to get like 70% returns. I kind of thought, Jesus, that's a lot. But our highest was like 18%, which is unheard of. One eight? One eight. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and really we, we kept at that level for years. Gosh. Um, who had the idea to do pop-ups as opposed to bricks and mortars? You know, full-time bricks and mortars doors. Brian. Brian again. <laughs> God, well, my, you must never stop talking about work at home. But we'll yeah. come on to that. Yeah. But bricks are rather pop-ups. Tell mm. us about how that all came about. Um, pop-ups. Dundrum the first one? Dundrum was the first, but I'm trying to think why. I don't even think I'd heard of a pop-up. Um, it was definitely Brian saying, why don't, why don't you try and meet your audience that aren't going to buy online? Mm. You know, there's some people back then, or maybe still some now, that just won't buy online and I get that mm. so and I was obviously getting people saying to me I just want to try on or it might have been a mom daughter situation and the mom might say to me oh I wouldn't be comfortable buying online so I don't know someone probably rang Brian and said there's a unit in drum drum yeah are you interested you know he'd always have his ear to the ground and know everyone mm. around the place so I yeah I remember him saying will we do a pop-up shop and I was like what's a pop-up is it a day? Is it a weekend? Is it a month? I think we went in there for... No. Our first was not in Dundrum. That was our first kind of long one. Our first one was in Limerick. In my friend Alan Clancy's bar house. Yes. And before he opened house, it's now a nightclub downstairs underneath. Yeah. It's, I think, I think it's called Amber. And it was empty. He was in the process of doing it up. Right. And we were doing a fashion factory across the road in the hotel. And 
Brian and Alan were obviously having a conversation and I remember Brian saying to me, why don't we do a pop-up shop down in a uh, house in the night basement In the basement. Yeah. And it's just a shell because Alan hasn't started to do anything to it yet. We'll do it up for the weekend and even if people aren't going to the fashion factory, they can come across the road and try on the jeans. So clever. But I was like, people won't come. That'll be embarrassing. What will we do? Blah, blah, blah. When I say there was queues for three days long. And did you just promote it on Snapchat and Instagram? and Yeah. The so website was people that were going to the fashion factories were going before and after. And then people that weren't going to the fashion factories that were from Limerick and beyond. They went anyway. They just, they came and tried on the jeans. Oh but I, I loved that. Like, I loved the start of that. It was such a buzz. Obviously, I love what we do now, but it was just the madness and the rawness and the kind of the headless chicken and the kind of not really knowing how something's going to go. But you, the crack of it, I just loved it. You invested hours and hours of your time and emotional energy mm -hmm. and everything. You really invested in it. But didn't you? Even, even that little pop up that we did in Limerick, I look at the pictures now. It, it, when I say, oh, we did a pop-up in a basement, that sounds a bit like, you know, <laughs> not very exciting. It looked amazing. And I will say we've always, you know, we've always prided ourselves on doing things to the best of our ability. We always try and, you know, put as much as we can afford into something to just make it a really nice experience. Yeah. I've always been big on experience and, you know, having customers leaving whether they've bought online or they've met us in a shop want them to leave going that was great I feel good and that was good value so who's the detail person out of yourself and Brian Me. who's the one that you drill down into so he's the big thinker mm. and you're the drill down person. well when it comes to how things look down, both of us he he's very big on practical things like lighting and with the fashion factories stage and sound I, I wouldn't be as technical as him mm. in those things. Whereas he'd be very lucky, very much like you can't scrimp on stage, lighting, sound, can't be amateur. It has to look amazing. People need to be able to see and hear. And that sounds like, oh, duh, obviously. But sometimes you go to events, you can't see and you can't hear. Um, So things like that, he was very precise on. It's also the practical side of building a brand. Everyone mm. thinks building a brand is something you do in marketing, mm. but actually it's the people's interaction with it. And when you went to a fashion factory, there was an, an element of awe yeah. about it. It had to feel exciting. You want people to come in and go, wow. So I'd be looking at, I want fresh flowers on the tables. I want, you know, nice little trinkets or little added touches. Didn't want to come in and just feel like, well, they didn't put in any effort. Mm. I wanted it to feel wow all the time. And I'm still the same, still today, have meetings, packaging, what's it look like? What can we improve on? What can we add in? Want it to be an experience. I want people to go, that's special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and thus it is achieved. Dundrum obviously was huge because yeah. that was three weeks or a month. What? Um, it was a longer time. I think we did a couple of months in the yeah. first Dundrum. Definitely. And it was two a or huge three. space. Beautifully Massive. decked out. Yeah, huge. And I remember we added in something crazy, like 12 fitting rooms upstairs. It was just a wall of fitting rooms upstairs. And we had queues up those stairs. But again. you turned up. You were working the floor. Yeah, always. Mm. Again, loved it. Because I, I just, there's no better feeling than meeting people 
that are trying on that have bought something that you've created and them saying to you, Jesus, I, I just love this. I've never tried on a pair of jeans like this. You're like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. It's I'd have to go out the back and have a little cry loads of times. <laughs> I would, honestly. It's just so cool. Brilliant. It, stri- it strikes me that a lot of your strategy that yourself and Brian work on literally comes from being up to your oxygen in the business. It's mm. not that you're standing back looking no, at a we're spreadsheet. very practical, very hands-on. I hate that side of the business, the the spreadsheet side and the number side. I get that they're very important, but I'm very like emotionally invested into the practicalities of the everyday business. So do ideas evolve or how do, how does the next iteration or the next era come up? I suppose I'm always trying to think of something new and how we can improve things. Um, even with the fashion factories, for example, we stopped them at an all-time high. You know, people still wanted more and I just kind of thought, no, now's the time to stop. We've done it for five years. There's loads of things like it now happening as well. So let's stop and move on. Do the next thing. Mm. I think that's important mm. to not like try and vlog something to the very end sure to its dying embers yeah not that there would ever be any i would imagine you'd still be exciting and you know i want to be excited by things as well so i think that that's really important we hope you're enjoying this month's work rest slay with pippa o'connor in partnership with range rover join the range rover electric waiting list for the opportunity to be among the first to place a pre-order We've added a link to the episode notes here so that you can find out more and, if you wish, register your interest. So, Poco Beauty, which mm. is really exciting. When did it start coming together and how... Because it's, it's, it looks like it's going to be huge yeah. in every dimension. Um, I, I agree. I feel so as well. Um, when did it come about? Probably when I was about 10. <laughs> um, I've always had such a a love for for makeup and even even before the fashion I don't know if many people know this but I did attempt to do my own makeup range back back in the day and um, when I say attempt you know I went to um I remember going to the the big Cosmoprof fair in fair big trade fair, fair sounds yeah. very Irish the fair it's huge <laughs> it's like RDS by 10 times for um Packaging, makeup, uh, skincare, hair. It's everything under one roof. Everyone from all over the world, manufacturers, suppliers, basically. And I'm, I remember going there a long time ago and being so overwhelmed and not knowing where to start, who mm. to talk to, and not even knowing the right questions to ask these people. Um, that I got kind of such a fright that I just went, oh no, geez, I couldn't do that. I have no idea. Mm. Um, and the beauty industry is very different to clothing um, not that clothing is easier but with uh, makeup and skincare, there's so many um, regulatory things to it as well you can't just get something and sell it yeah. you know there's, there's so much to it mm. um, that I just I was coming up against brick wall and I, I just kind of parked it mm. but it was always always in the back of my head um, but at the same time the fashion and me documenting my outfits and all of that was going on at the same time. So it 
the beauty just kind of got, got pushed to the back of my head. Well, of course, Poco was growing in so many different dimensions as well. Poco fashion. Mm-hmm. You were adding new lines. You yeah. were adding shoes. You were adding everything. Yeah. And having kids at the same time. And but in the middle of pan- the but, pandemic also. Yeah. yeah. I suppose in the background, I'd, privately, I'd be saying to Brian, still want to do beauty. I still want to do beauty. And he'd say, it'll happen when the time is right. It'll happen when the time is right. So I suppose it just just took longer than, yeah. than everything else. But it was so interesting because when you launched Poco Beauty, which I think was last November, October, yes. November. Yeah. Um, you know, th- the first question is, does the world need another beauty brand? But of course, you'd done something very clever. You'd partnered with somebody who is so highly reputed uh, in Lisa Shannon. And yes. she's working with you on the formulations. She, she is. So, yeah, we're we're very lucky to have Lisa on our team. And I spoke to her about my idea, you know, ages ago, um, just to kind of, you know, shoot the breeze with her. Not, I d- didn't ring her to say, hey, would you like to work with mm-hmm. me? Um, but that kind of organically happened. And after loads of conversations, again, I said to Brian, I, I know she's a seriously talented makeup artist. I knew that already. I said, but I didn't quite know how knowledgeable she was on formula um, and colour. And to her her knowledge in that sense is very wide and vast. Mm. And she would say to me, you know, I have a lot of experience in that side of the business that I've not been able to, to use. And I said to her, would you be interested in coming on board and um, working for Poco Beauty? So uh, that that was a lovely kind of organic thing that happened over the space of a few months. So, yeah, it, it's it's been amazing. So she's now head of creative and product development. Now, speaking of product development, it's fascinating because beauty can stretch in so many different dimensions. But you've chosen an interesting way to launch because you launched with a small selection. One product we launched with. Universal yeah. Glow. Universal Glow treatment was our was our first thing to launch with. Again, some people were like, there's so many beauty brands, you're not going to stand out with only launching one product. And I was like, okay, okay. But when I have something in my head, I don't care what anyone says to me, I'm, I'm doing it. Um, and I was so, um, I was so I'd, in love with this particular product and I knew it was really strong. And I thought because it's a base, it's a primer, it's a glow up. It's a com- it's a complexion product. Mm. So I kind of thought not everyone wears makeup, but everyone wants a moisturizer. And an, if it can be a serum and an SPF, give you a glow, firm the skin, brightens, reduces redness. I was like, it's ticking all the boxes. Mm. Men can wear it as well. You know, teenagers can wear it. Everyone can wear it. It's for everyone. And it's sold out. And it's sold out. So you were right. I was right. <laughs> but I just, I, you know, because not everyone wears a lipstick every day. Not everyone wears a blusher every day. But everyone will use that type of product every day. Mm. Um, and it's, I've been, I have been amazed just by just how, um, I suppose, quickly and well it was received. I, I did think it would be a little bit more of a slow burn. With, have people with, got around to buying their second one yet? Restocks. Well, when they knew it was going to be sold out in a few days, I did give a heads up and people started to panic by like four or five, six what, tubes what at a time. And then I had said, guys, I think this is going to sell out like in a week. And then the next day, because I said that, it was gone. 
so the last palette has been two so weeks. <laughs> I know it's uh, it does sound great when something sells out, and it is great. Um, but then you have the other side of it. It's like you need to get it back, mm. and then it's the whole question of how long will people wait before they go and get something different. Well, except I think we not that it can be replicated, but they might go and try and buy something different to replicate it. But yeah, it's sold out. Um, it'll be back at the end of February. Um, and from now on, then I, it's we it's to be a never out of stock. Where's it made? Italy, Italy, right? So okay, yeah. so at least it's not so far away that you have to order mountains in advance. Well, you? you see, you think that, but our supplier then is dealing with uh, lots of other suppliers yeah. for raw materials. Right. So one raw material that they're getting elsewhere can delay the whole thing, and it has a whole mm. domino effect. So it's not a case of us saying, "Oh, we want." X amount of that and they just go in out the back and stir it up yeah. they need to get in the raw material for us and then they create it in house Do you own your formulations? Yes That yeah. is a really important thing yeah. in beauty isn't it? Especially with the likes of products like Universal Glow Treatment absolutely that is ours no one else owns it um, Because we hear so and, much and the factory about cannot do anything like that for anyone else I was about to say, we hear so much about white labelling in the industry that you've yeah. got it, but so do, so do I and so yes. does somebody else. But only yeah. Poco Beauty has this. It's with, with all of them. Mm. Yeah, and like we've just released our released our mascara last week and that's a completely unique wand and formula. No one has that wand. No one has that formula. It's completely unique to us. Does that take an awful lot more in the planning and production and design yes. stage? Uh, more everything. More money, more planning, more... Okay. more everything yeah. but it's worth it um, you know you want something to stand the test of time you want to be unique you want to stand out it's important well I suppose it is to beauty what having the right lighting having the right staging it's exactly. coming back to your everything being of a standard yeah and and you said at the start you know do we need another beauty brand um, I think yes when you have something new and unique to offer like I'm obsessed with makeup and skincare. I'll try every new brand. Like if you tell me something's good, I'll go and buy it. So I think as makeup, skincare lovers, we'll always try something new. But we're savvy, we're quick. We know when we use something once if we like it or not. So it's really important to catch people quickly and their first impressions are everything. And because there's so much choice, if you're not doing something new, you know, then they'll just put it to the side and they're not going to use it again because there's so much choice. Sure, and tell us about the product range. So at the moment you've got your sticks. Yes, yeah, so the sticks were the second um, the second products to join the family a few weeks later after the Universal Glow. So we did uh, contour sticks and face glazes. They're, they are highlighters, but they're... Um, I think sometimes when people hear the word highlighter, they think, oh, you know, Tin Man see me from space these are skin enhancers they're very um, dewy and make the skin very like plump and juicy mm. they're mm. not it's not highlighters that are going to stick into your fine lines and wrinkles that we all have so now you've brought mascara in mascara and eyelash curler last week before then was our lip oil treatment so I'm really focusing on I suppose products that I want to use um, and things that we feel that are going to be your 
your everyday items that you want to bring in your bag to work. So are you going to be dropping new products continuously over 2024? Yes, continuously. We have a lot of products coming in 24. And is that because it's coming out when it's rolling off the machines or is this planned to be? No, we're quite planned. I suppose at the beginning, you're kind of in, in, you know, let's see what happens a little bit because you don't know when things are going to be ready. Mm. Um, At the very start, you just kind of have to go when they're ready to go. Uh, But from now on, we're very strategically planned and we kind of know exactly what's happening each month when we want to release something um, how it fits into the calendar of spring, summer, winter etc. And will you start doing trend related stuff do you think? Not really no I don't really envision it being a trend related beauty brand you know our core customer is you know probably my age where she's 30 to 45 is kind of our our core girl um, with customers definitely each side mm. but no not very not very trend driven um, we might have little nods to trends but we won't be die hard following yeah. trends no I, I want it to be something that I know Universal Glow is going to be around now forever it's not a trend product it'll always be there I can always remember Jo Malone the perfumer saying that her husband tells her that she has to invent like one or two kind of game changer products. Yeah. And once you do your one or two, mm-hmm. everything else falls into place from there. Would that would that sound I agree good? because because now now we have such a core customer base already, which is amazing. I can't get over the level of the love for this one product. Um and because of that, they're now buying the lip oil treatment and the mascara. And thankfully, the reviews have been amazing back on that as well. But I truly believe that they're quick to buy the next thing because they trust us so much now because of the first product. You're so lucky. I mean, you have, I checked this morning, 452,000 followers on Instagram. Yes. But that didn't happen by chance. You work at it, don't you? Yeah. And I suppose, especially in the early days, I did. Um People that are much better online than I am would probably say I'm I'm kind of useless at it. Um, I suppose my own personal account, I I wouldn't say I'm amazing on Instagram. I would disagree because you're consistent. Do you think? And you give, I think, just the right amount of access that we can see what's going on with your life without getting swamped yeah, in the detail. <laughs> I probably did a bit, a, a good bit more back in the day on Snapchat and stuff like that, purely because I have more time, mm. to be honest. I feel like at the moment I'm I'm getting up and it's go, go, go and get the kids ready for school and running out the door and what, what do I have this, do I have that into the office, into fashion meeting, into beauty reading, back home, might be, might be back in time to collect for kids, might not, what are we having for dinner, la, la, la. So I just, I don't have as much time. You'll know if I'm away on my own working or I'm on holidays, you'll know because... I'm posting because I have more time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do love it though. I, lo- I love to post and I love interacting but I'd say I could be a little bit better to be honest. But it's a great tool for you to have because you don't need to do as much marketing in inverted commas because you have it naturally at your own fingertips. Yeah, and I suppose we're lucky now that we've such good, um, you know, of our business pages on Instagram and they work so well and have an amazing team that, run the business pages I do my own personal Instagram and then the girls do Poco 
by Pippa and Poco Beauty. You have worked with the same people literally throughout your career and a lot of them are your friends, aren't they? You've mentioned Alan, uh, yeah. who owns House and all the amazing bars. You've mentioned the iZest team. Mm. I know your sister is very involved with you. Yes, she is. Obviously, Brian and yourself are the, you know, the, the dynamite pair. Yeah. Um, what's it like being friends with your work partners? Um, wow. I I don't see it as, I suppose, any anything different. I'm kind of used to it. That's kind of what we did from the beginning. Um, and I've, I'd like to think I have a great relationship with everyone that works with us. Like we still have a relatively small team, um, except this year we are expanding. Only in the last couple of weeks, we've made two new hires. We've a, a graphic designer um, and a head of communications. We haven't had roles like that before. Whereas before we've outsourced a lot. So we'd outsource for marketing, outsource for PR, um, graphic design, everything would have been outsourced. But now the plan going forward is um, in-house. So we will be doing a lot more hires in 2024. And is the, what is the thinking behind that? Is it that you want to keep those resources and, and have them? Yeah, I just feel like we're we're big enough now and our plans are going big enough that we can we can afford to take it in in house and make the commitment and make the commitment and I just think we will get we will get so much more out of it if we if we are all working together mm. on the same page every day rather than kind of dipping in and out of projects with people to come back to the social media side of things um how much time do you now spend as, I hate using the word influencer, but as somebody who will collaborate with brands? What does that look like these days? Um, very little, to be honest. I could probably count on three fingers the amount of people that I collaborate with now. I, for example, I'm going into maybe my, my second, third year with Revive Active. So uh, Lucy Nagel, who's another good friend of mine, um, I work with Lucy she has a cashmere brand and I'll I'll do collaborations with Lucy because I love Lucy. Mm. I love her brand. I love cashmere and it's a bit of fun for me. Um, and the same with Revive Active. I'm happy to continue that partnership because I'm buying it and using it anyway. You believe in it. Yeah, and mm. I love it and it works and it gives me energy and it ticks all the boxes and it's easy and it's not forced, it's not fake. So I'll do things like that that I'm like, sure, I'm, I'd buy that anyway. I'd use that anyway. And trips? Do you go on many trips these days? Um, I'll go on trips if I have the time. And um, when I see an email come in from lovely Roisin Tierney Crow, I'm like, please let me be available to go on was, an Armani trip. I was going to say that was the Venice Film Festival last year, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, amazing. And she she kindly invited me this year as well, and I, I couldn't go. But um, anything that Roisin's involved with, I try and go on because they're just unbelievable. Whether it's Lancome or or Armani, so. I, I like keeping relationships open I, just because I have my own clothing brand or my own beauty brand. I'm obviously not blind to everything else. You know, I still wear a Manny foundation. I'm still going to go and buy other clothing brands. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it'd be really silly and ignorant of me to go, well, nothing else exists or matters. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. you know, I still, I'm still going to buy, recommend and talk about all, all of these other things. So if we're looking at, you know, a pie chart, mm -hmm. one of the ones where you get little slices what is Pippa's, we won't say day because that's too hard, but your week, how much of it is Poco by Pippa? How much of it is 
poco fash or poco beauty. Mm. How much um, of it is social media? How much of it is strategy and planning? It's it's quite varied. Uh, I kind of I know on a on a Tuesday we'll have a kind of a big team meeting where we'll go through everything from well it's it's been a lot of poco beauty obviously the last couple of months because it's a brand new and there's a lot going on with it so there's been a lot of marketing content uh product in development um so a lot of a lot of our whole tuesdays i know are devoted to that for example um a lot of mondays are dedicated to poco fashion we're rebranding that at the moment going into our eighth year. So does that mean there'll be some lines changed, some put in, some taken out? Yeah. Everything's going to be changed. So again, going back to, I want it to be fresh. I want it to feel new, exciting. I want it to stand up beside Poco Beauty and it to feel on the same level. It's funny, I'm sure one sec- segment gives the other a new lease of life Absolutely. and a new, new feel. Totally. And I feel like with the excitement and the lease of life into beauty, I'm like, we need that now into fashion. Mm. And I want us all to, you know, get a fire, a new fire for the fashion side of things because um, I just think it's important to change things up. It needs a refresh. It needs a new look. I want to just start again with designs. Things have changed in styles of denims, jeans, going back to basics, getting our uh, designers to... um design new styles we're completely starting from scratch and instead of having maybe 12 styles of jeans to choose from I want to do four um, I want to do a couple of blazers a couple of really good quality t-shirts shirts not trend driven have them as real uh, all year round everyday wardrobe staples and build it from there I want to elevate a little bit well I suppose your customer is getting more sophisticated exactly we're all growing up and, and getting a little bit not older wiser <laughs> select selective yeah um, tell me about working with your husband mm. how does that do you ever not talk about work or is do you care that you're talking about work all the time no our, our whole life no, there'd be no point lying saying oh we've such a good balance and we mm. switch off at 6pm Constantly talk about work, constantly talk about what we're doing next. What can we do to add, change, improve? Um, yeah, it's it's our life, our kids and the business. That's all we talk about. But it sounds like you love it, like you genuinely love it. Love it. We're obsessed. We get so like excited by it. We're like, what, what can we do? Um, and I, we're, I, we're a good kind of balance for each other. We kind of, we... We we listen to each other. Yeah. Um and you know, some things he'll say to me, I've no idea on that if I'm talking about, you know, a style of jeans that I want to create or a product, a beauty product, he'll mascara say mascara. Yeah, he'd be wand. Like, yeah. I'm obviously I'm not gonna insult you by even asking you questions on that, but um it, he's a great listener and he's great at um you know, he's he's great for opinions, but and then on, on the other side of things, he's unbelievable at, you know, all of the stuff that I don't necessarily want to deal with. He's like, I have a finance meeting. I'm like, I'll see you later. <laughs> Perfect. Susie, your sister, what does she do at the business? So uh, Susanna uh, is head of Poco Fashion. Sorry, I 
So it, we started calling it, it was Poco by Pippa when we started, but now I'm saying Poco Beauty and Poco Fashion because we're all getting very confused in the office. So I reference it now as Poco Fashion. So she she is my right-hand woman when it comes to fashion. She deals with all the factories, our designers, um, our orders, our quantities, um, what sizes we're doing and things, when they're coming in, how they're getting into the country. Are they being flown? Are they being shipped? Our shoots, where are we, where are we shooting? Who are we shooting with? The models. She does all of that. So she's the Uber She's the Uber. Right. It's like what? Yeah, it's like what? What do we do? Everything, you know. I was introducing our two new team members last week to everyone else, and I was like, "This is Kelly. She does everything." But that—that's the beauty, I think, of, um, you know, a small business like, like Poco Beauty. It's like we're all doing a bit of, a bit of everything. That's just the way it is when you start something new, um, and it's it's really how we run things. I know Poco fashion isn't new anymore, but we all are still a bit like we're all able to jump in and out of things. To me, that's important that you're able to be across a few different things. And no no one would ever say, oh, I don't do that. I don't do social media or I don't do booking the models, you know, which I think is a sign of a great team. No one is like, oh, no, I don't do. How many do you employ in total? Um, At the moment, we have... Like we, we now have in-house finance team as well. So getting very sophisticated. Not really. It's still relatively small, maybe 15, 16. That's a, that's a big enough wage bill though at the end of the month. It is. And that's without our, our pop-up shops. You know, when we have a pop-up, we could add another 30, 40 onto that. Golly. So equally, I don't actually see a time that you will ever not be involved no. in the heart of it all. Oh no, I love it. Like, like even photo shoots and things that are happening this week I've rearranged other important things so I can be on the shoots you know I don't want to miss a beat I just love I want to be there in the thick of it all all the time it really excites me How do you feel when people write about you or talk about you and say she's got so many plates spinning she's the master of having it all and she can manage to keep all of those plates spinning with no stress at all she's a <laughs> mum she's a business owner she's, she's a nervous wreck <laughs> but but does that sound like you oh uh, no uh, some days some days I think geez you're doing a great job Pippa and you're flying it and you've you've even gotten home on time to help the kids with their homework and you've managed to cook a dinner um and the kitchen looks relatively tidy some days I think well done but to be honest more often than not I'm like this is a shit show <laughs> but it works it works and you know, some of my friends would say to me, she said, this is like organized chaos. I don't know how your brain copes, but that's normal to me. You know, we all, all our idea, our, our own idea of balance is different for everyone, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. your idea of balance might be completely different to mine. Well, it's like, don't they say that's equilibrium, what you're used to floating along. Exactly. And if you go out of that sphere, then it causes stress. But if I, you're I'm in your... I'm so used to you know, being back from a trip and packing today for the next one and at the same time I'm thinking about what the boys are doing with their ga match at the weekend. That's just, I'm always... Are you disciplined? Are you a list writer? Or do you work in your head? I work in my head. I probably think I'm very organised but I'm not. I'm in my head. I write notes on my phone. 
write notes on little post-its, stick them on my desk or on my makeup um, station where I throw my face on in the morning. I'm Again, if Brian was here now, he'd, th- he'd throw me under the bus and say I'm the scattiest person ever. My dressing room's like a bomb site. You know, they say, where does Pippa sit in the office? I'm like, I don't have a desk. I just like float around the place. I, I'm not organised. That sounds a lot more believable though than yeah. Superwoman. You no, know? I'm not. I'm I'm just kind of wherever there's a space for me in the office and makeup on the go, clothes all over the place. Yeah. And it works. And it works. You are one of the consistent people I see posting and I, you've been doing it for years a motto or a slogan or some words that have struck a chord with you. I love a positive quote, Melanie. But but you pick good ones. You're a good editor of positive quotes. Yeah, I don't just whack them up because I'm like, oh, I should throw up a positive quote. Um, Where do you get them all from? Oh, I'm always on Pinterest or if I read something in a book or I hear something online, I'll I'll look it up and then I save it. I have a little uh, folder in my phone positive quotes and I'll I put one up then on Instagram that is striking a chord that day so do you believe in manifestation and all of that yes 100% I think people kind of laugh at that word now but um, I've I've been believing in that since forever so in your mind is that getting up and doing it or is that telling the universe you want it or have you even thought about it that much I think it's having a positive outlook not like not because everything is great and everything is going so swimmingly like loads of really shit things have happened to me in my life and sad times and times that I thought God how am I going to come back from this but it's my attitude towards those times and, and that's where I think it comes into play it's not what's happened to me it's like how I deal with it and I think I'm I, I do think I'm quite good at you know when things go wrong I think I'm quite good at kind of taking a deep breath and going okay what what does this actually look like is this the end of the world how can we deal with this um and just I suppose trying to see a positive even in bad times yeah I I think I'm okay at doing that well you're probably so busy that there probably isn't a huge amount of time to wallow in something (laughs) no I'm definitely not a wallower and even if something annoys me work-wise or something or someone annoys me online I am very good at getting over things. I'll have a little rant, I'd say, for about two minutes and then I'm completely over it. That's great. That's yeah. that's I'm good at kind of going, you forget about that now. That's the male energy you live around all the time. Maybe all these men in my life, even the dog is a boy. <laughs> this is time for internalising. <laughs> um, tell me what self-care is to Pip O'Connor. This is something I'm probably not great at. I did do a Pilates class though last week and my friends are laughing at me because if you knew me personally, you'd know I don't do that. I was going to say, I thought you never went near never. or gyms. Um, well, I did um, a, a landline Pilates class with a lovely girl called Aoife Hannon last week. Oh yes, she's great. Um, I, I saw her online influenced by someone else and I thought, she looks nice, she doesn't look scary. I sent her a message, I was like, any chance you'd teach an, a beyond basic bitch <laughs> some Pilates? So she was laughing at me um, and said, of course, I love teaching beginners. So I've done and you one. said, beginners, that's the word. For beginners, <laughs> yeah. Not basic, basic bitch. bitch. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start Pilates online. I'm going to keep doing it at home before I embarrass myself in a class or I, on reform or anything like that. Um, You've just made yourself accountable. 
Uh, yeah, so you've said it out loud now. <laughs> so that's self-care. That's the only thing I've done one one time. Do you have a Friday night ritual? Um, Glass of wine and a steak. <laughs> that's self-care too? Yeah, that's self-care too. Um, not, I'm, what else do I like to do? I like to go for a walk. I li- like to listen to podcasts. Is getting your nails done and, and like a blow dry self-care the best like I am good at doing things like that yeah I always have my nails done I like getting a blow dry I'm good at going and having love getting a facial like put me under um a dermalux after a facial and lie there in peace for 20 minutes that's, that's the light thing isn't it so yeah. you can't move yeah you're stuck you're stuck yeah. the goggles on the phone is off to me that's that's self-care Brilliant. A few other very quick questions. Heels or trainers these days? Trainers. Because you were doing heels like literally when you were 8.999 months pregnant, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I do love a heel. I love like a sexy, really high heel. But then today, like I'm in my trainers. Um, lately, it's probably more trainers. But and I'm brand- obsessed with high heels. Brands for both. Um, I'm wearing Converse today. I like a basic... High top Converse because mm-hmm. I think they just are so versatile and go with everything. Heels, um, Jimmy Choo, Aquazora. Uh, I always think of you in your Alaya ones. Oh, I love them as well. They're gorgeous. Um, the Geo Rossi ones as well. Beautiful. Um, I'm a heel, like a real heels girl. You've definitely got your A in that one. Um, have you a favourite handbag? Have you a workhorse handbag you always go to? The one I'm using the most is my new Louis Vuitton. It's like a, it's not the Neverfull, it's the car. It's the other one. It's the other one. It's carry all. And yeah. you just, everything goes in that. Yeah, it's just great for the airport. I travel a lot and we'll whack it all in. Brilliant. So if we have no glam squad and we have to look hard for work, any tips? Yes, less is more. Just a few, a few good products that you know how to use. Mm-hmm. Um, something like a universal glow, because it's just going to do everything at once, and you can even lash in a bit of foundation or a bit of tinted moisturizer into it. Um, and you'd have that on in twenty seconds. A good concealer, great mascara, bit of lip gloss or lip oil, kind of all you need. One thing I've learned from you is to use the. The cream products as multiples up on your yes. eyes, on your lips. Or I always use my contour stick on my eye as well. Rarely would use a different eyeshadow, especially if I'm on the way to the office and time is of the essence or I'm traveling. One stick, do it all. And it's complimentary. It's nice to put the same color in the eye as it is as your contour. Yeah, no, I must say that's made my get ready a lot and easier. Cream, 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 cream products. The older we get, cream products are just so much more flattering and youthful. If you could wake up tomorrow with a new skill set that you haven't had before, what would it be? I would like to be better at numbers. Okay. I think that would be of of great benefit to the business. <laughs> Except, I, obviously, I have other people that can help me with that now. But I, I would, I, I'd like to be better at that. The only thing is it might end up with getting a lot of conflict with your numbers experts. Maybe. <laughs> like I'm not trying to take over the accountant's job, Brendan, but I'd like to have a better grasp of that. And if you could only work with one charity sector for the rest of your life. Oh, um, 
definitely a children's charity. Because you've done loads of yeah. children's charities through the years, haven't you? Yes. Um, Temple Street, Children's Hospital, Crumlin, uh, Barrettstown. They're all charities that I've supported and worked with. Um, ISPCC, one of the children's charities for sure. Brilliant. Tips for a reluctant networker from a woman who's seen so many events and had been at yeah. and hosted so many events. Do you know what I think is so interesting? I've met so many women at women's networking events that have maybe gone on their own. It's their first time going and they've said, God, I, I really had to push myself to go and I'm so glad that I went. Um, just go, just push yourself. And I, I guarantee you, you'll think I'm the stupidest person in the room and I don't know that thing. Those people don't know the thing and you'll meet so many like minded people and you will walk away with so many words of wisdom that will genuinely stick with you. And it's, it's just so nice to meet someone and go, oh, yeah, I'm the same. Mm. It really is like it's it's important, I think. Well, I'm thinking back to the beginning of our conversation where you were saying that literally by going into the model agency, mm. you got such a good foundation of who was who in your industry you got to meet them. Yeah. That was, very that was like level. my networking. You know, that was my version of going to a women's event because I was meeting fashion designers, uh, beauty brand owners because they were hiring me to model. And little did I know I was getting these little insights constantly for years. And it was just, yeah, it was the best uh, learning skill I suppose that I could have gotten Have you got a work uniform that you rely on? Um, Kind of when in doubt I'll put on like a really good pair of black tailored trousers Um, Any favourites at the moment? I love I love Joseph mm. I, I love their tailoring um, They're Ellison's I think are the ones aren't they? Is it called Dr. Karen Ellison the model? The Product of the is I think it that's the name of the black tailored trousers? Is it? Is, I think I so. did not know that. I mean, See, to look you learn of your you label. Day. But I have. I, mean, I don't own a pair, but I've heard I of them. I didn't actually know that. But um, anyhow, so I, good tailored trouser, a good tailored trouser, um, something like a like a good cashmere basic, um, like something like what I'm wearing now, like a good round neck, and then a couple of good blazers. Because it can just be any time of year. It'll bring you anywhere. And there are things that you can just get dry cleaned and rewear. Yeah. So if you're going to go back and let's say back to the Q and assets. Yeah. And there you are standing outside, you know, 18, 20, whatever. Is there anything you would now tell yourself, tell your younger self from, from where you are now? I would tell her that... They don't know it all. Not not everyone knows it all. And I was told many times in my career to kind of, you know, calm down or relax, you know, when I showed interest to, to wanting to be a TV presenter or a fashion stylist or all these dreams that I had. You know, I sometimes felt like I was been, being put back in my box. So I would tell her that you absolutely can do it. Um, not everyone knows it all. Um, and you're just, you're so much more capable than you realise. That's so, so true. And I think everyone could could benefit from hearing that. Absolutely. 2024, it's a lovely open book ahead of us now. Yeah. Uh, if we were going to be sitting here this time next year, what would you love to have happened? Oh, wow. What would I love to have happened this time next year? I would love Poco Fashion to come back 
looking refreshed and fabulous, which I know it will, but I'm just so excited to see that happen. Um, so I'm excited for the injection that is going to be in that this time next year. And then for beauty, I suppose I'm just so excited to see it expand, excited to introduce some really new and beautiful product and formula in 2024 and, and see it in stores. Um, I was going to ask you, was it, is it always going to be an online product or would you go into retail? No, definitely want to go into retail, but I just wanted it to be at the right time. I didn't want to rush in. I wanted it to feel... Um, what I wanted there to be a little bit more in the range before we went into retail. I just wanted, for when that happens, to give it the full experience when the customer goes in. Yeah. So I see that happening in the next few months. And if you had a third wish, maybe not even a work one. Um, another wish. Just to feel content. Yeah. Yeah. To feel content would be nice this time next year. I feel like a lot of the time it's like, go, 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 go. Um, and yeah, maybe just to kind of go, oh, you did well. <laughs> well, I think you're doing pretty well, Pippa. Thank you so much for being with us Thank today. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for having me. I think that was very much the definition of a compelling conversation. And once again, a huge big thank you to Pippa, not only for her time, but also for her generosity in sharing so much of the truth, the long hours and the grit that's needed to grow a successful business. It's so true, isn't it? Like, unfortunately, nothing good in life comes too easily. Thank you to Fergal Curtis, a.k.a. the portable producer, for his work here with me behind the decks and the lights and to Sophie Power, our podcast producer in Image. Sophie will be known to many of you also as your contact for anything related to the Image Business Club. Work Restlay comes to you in partnership with Range Rover, inspired by exemplary design since 1970. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, rate and or comment on whatever platform you're listening. Looking forward to all that's ahead in 2024 and having you with us. We'll be back with another excellent guest next month.